Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. about probably 8.30ish, God changed my message. I was going to be preaching on memorial prayers and hopefully can do that at another time, but God spoke to me very strongly about a subject about Christ returning. I do believe he's coming back. I believe he's gonna come back soon. Hallelujah. My Lord, there's such a move of God in this place. Hallelujah. 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 If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation 22. Revelation 22 and verse 12. I want you to keep worshiping. Now, I just want to be honest with you, and I'm not making this up. I have 10 pages of notes. Don't you let, I, I, I already know I'm not going to get to all 10 pages of the notes, so calm down. You can still worship. Tell your stomach. Just bear with us for a few minutes. Stomach, we'll feed you. Revelation 22 and 12, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I'd like to preach this morning on the subject, ready or not, Jesus is coming. Father God, please anoint all of us to receive your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I, I have a very direct point that I want to make, and at a future time, maybe I can go into the other uh, aspects of this message. But I want to tell you that one Sunday afternoon, when I was pastoring at my first church, uh, I, I don't know how y'all are. I know how I am. I if I'm watching TV, I, I don't mind laying down on the floor and watching TV. And, and uh, that sounds a little crazy. I know I've got a recliner and I've got a sofa, but sometimes it's just comfortable. Well, I, I was watching television in between Sunday morning service, and I fell hard and fast asleep. You ever been to one of those sleeps that, that you were just one breath away from death, you were sleeping so hard. For whatever reason, I woke up and I thought that I had overslept. It, it, I guess a cloud cover had come by. I, and we lived about 30 minutes from the church. I jumped up in a panic and I went running through the house because I thought 
I had missed church. I had been asleep for about 15 minutes. I laid back down, my heart was still racing, and I have never forgot that moment. I thought I had missed it. I also thought of a time when I was probably about eight years old, and we were in a department store, my mother and I, and it was something like a modern-day Walmart. It was called J.M. Fields, and, and, and I had wandered away from my mother, and I got to a different aisle, and so I hadn't been on the other aisle long, and I went back, and I could not find my mother. The first thing that came to my mind was Jesus came, took your mother, and you're left. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I went into a major panic. I started running through that department store, and I don't know how my mother hid so well, but she hid very well. I could not find her. I was calling her name. I was yelling as loud as I knew how to yell because I wanted to find out, is mama there? And then I had heard a preacher say that when Jesus came that, you know, the babies would be gone. So I, I, I don't know whether that's true or not, to be honest with you, but I will tell you this. I started looking for a baby in all that store. I couldn't find a baby. <laughs> I thought I had been left. And it was horrible. It was scary. I went up to the front desk, and they, I think they paged my mother. And, and uh, she was one aisle over, but for whatever reason, I couldn't see her. It reminds me of a story that I read about a young lady that was getting ready for a blind date, and she, uh, she was very excited about this blind date because the, the, the guy told her, said, I'm going to take you to a really nice restaurant. And, and we're, we're going to go to an exclusive place for, for uh, dinner and music and, and dancing. And she, she just really got excited. So she spent hours getting ready and, and in anticipation of his arrival. And, and so the appointed time came and, and no blind date and, and and so a half an hour went by an hour went by an hour and a half went by two hours went by almost and she finally said well I've been stood up and she went and she started taking her hair down and took her makeup off and changed clothes and and once she got comfortable a knock came on the door and she opened the door and there was her blind date his response to her was what I gave you two hours to get ready, and this is how you look. Now, he probably should have been slapped. But I must tell you this. There's a lot of us that the bridegroom is saying, be ready. And he's given us time to get ready. And some of us still look a mess. Come on, you were just shouting. Now you can shout with me. Come on, help me out. There is a big tension between those who believe that Jesus is coming now and those who believe Jesus is delaying his coming. And there is validity in that. 
See, in the word of God, in John chapter 21, the disciples misunderstood what Jesus was saying at one point, and he said, if I said that uh, he was going to live until I came back, it's no problem. If I say it, it's going to happen. And they went around saying, oh, that disciple is going to live until Jesus comes, and, and that disciple didn't live until Jesus came. And so there are those even today who are saying, I've heard that Jesus is going to return. I've heard it since I was a little child and nothing has happened. And you are right in thinking that because nothing has happened. But you are wrong in thinking that if you are in your mind saying it isn't going to happen. It is going to happen. And the word of God tells us unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Do you understand this? The reason I ran through that department store and trying to find my mother is because I knew my mother was a saint. And I knew I wasn't. Come on. That's where the panic came is because I said, I know that mom is going, but I wasn't sure if I was going. Some of you right now probably have beads of sweat that are already building up because down deep in your heart you knew and you know that if Jesus came back before this service is over that you would be left here. Come on. You know that you're not living like you ought to be living. You know you have things that you're introducing into your life that ought not to be in your life. You know you're still doing things that are displeasing to the master, but yet still you, you just in your heart of hearts believe he's going to delay. It, I'll have time. I'll get it taken care of later, but not now. And the Bible tells us a story about five wise and five foolish virgins. And, and I don't want to go into all of that other than to tell you that the five wise were prepared, and at midnight... The call went out, the bridegroom comes, and there were five foolish that were not prepared, and they did not make it. They were all within sight of the bride chamber. They were all within sight of the celebration, but five were not ready. And the Bible says it happened at midnight. And may I declare to you today, if you don't hear anything else, this preacher says, I believe it is 1159. I really do. The Bible tells us that we are going to experience uh, an increased Religious deception. Religious deception. Religious deception. I want to be clear on that. We've got a lot of pastors filling pulpits that are nothing more than religion pushers. Come on. Listen to this. George Barna of the Barna Group. 
uncovered some of the ways that people in America are being deceived today. Listen to this. It broke my heart. 59% of professing Christians do not believe that there is a devil. 51% believe praying to dead people is beneficial. 35% believe you can communicate with the dead. 50% believe salvation is earned and not a gift from God. So much for grace. Did y'all catch that? 50% of professing Christians believe that they can earn their salvation. You know where people are hearing that junk? They're hearing that junk in the pulpit. And the Bible says in the last days there's going to be many false prophets. Listen to this. 75% of people, or 75% believe people are born neither good nor evil. They make a choice between the two as they mature. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 44% believe the Bible, the Koran, and the Book of Mormon are all different expressions of the same truth. I just want to tell you, I have read in all three, I promise you that none of them agree with the Word of God. None. Absolutely none. 54% believe truth can only be discovered through logic, human reasoning, and personal experience. And that's how come we have people who are going after every wind of doctrine, going after it. If it sounds good, we'll chase it for a while. If it, if it, if it doesn't work out, we'll just go and find us another doctrine. And if that one doesn't work out, we'll go find another one. And that's why today we have people who feel comfortable in sinning and, and doing things that are degrading to the human nature, to the human person, and, and have no guilt about it because they are just trying to find uh, uh, the truth through a personal experience. Who needs the Bible? Not only do the majority of Americans not accept God's word as the authority on truth, increasingly more and more have benefits or have beliefs that directly contradict what the scripture says. And here's the real problem. Many of these people are sitting in our churches and say they are Christians and many are in our pulpits. The Bible lets us know that we will have worldwide birth pains. Now, I'm not as young as I used to be, but I will tell you this, I have never seen the earth try to warn us like the earth is trying to warn us. The Bible says in the last days that the earth will moan and groan as a woman in travail like a woman having a baby about to bring forth the earth. I believe Mother Earth is trying to say, 
in the, in, from uh, the perspective of nature. Listen up. I believe if the earth could speak, it would say, I've been around a long time, but sin is abounding and Jesus is about to come. Listen up. Look here, I've never seen the, the intensity and the number of earthquakes like we're seeing. I, I have never seen or even heard of the amount of tornadoes, hurricanes, tsunamis, uh, uh, volcanic eruptions, floods, fires, uh, uh, pestilence, and it's just in multiplied proportion, and yet still we keep doing life like we've always done it. I'm trying to tell you the earth itself is trying to say, wake up because Jesus is about to return. See, in Matthew chapter 24, we get a lot of insight. In Matthew chapter 25, and Jesus was asked a question, when is it going to happen? And the disciples were basically wanting him to circle the date on the calendar. And, and, and that way they could know, uh, you know, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be nice? If, if, what's the first day of school around here? Huh? August 20th. If I was a student, I would want Jesus to come August 19th. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool to circle it? But you know what would happen if Jesus would have said, August 19th, 2018, I'm going to come back. There'd be people who would live like the devil up until... You know it. You know it. And then some of us still wouldn't pray. We'd go, oh man, my bad. I really meant to. I had it circled on the calendar, had it in my phone. I had it on. No, no. Listen, we need to fall so deeply in love with the Lord that it doesn't matter what day he comes, but that we're just getting ready for his soon return. I don't have time to go into all of this, but I do have time to list out. I believe that there is deception according to what the, the Word of God says in Matthew, that in the last days there is going to be deception. There's going to be worldwide birth pains, and I just described that to you. There's going to be persecution. There will be a falling away. There are people who tell you you can't lose your salvation. Jesus said there will be a falling away. So don't argue with me. Argue with Jesus because he's the one that said there will be a falling away. I don't want you to fall away. I just lost somebody. Somebody, oh, no, 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 you can't, can't tell me that. Well, I didn't write it. I just quote it. Come on. Someone say amen. amen. Yeah. False prophets, wickedness, and then there would be worldwide evangelism. Now, let me just tell you. This week, I stumbled across a site. I don't even know. I, it was on Facebook, and, and I don't know really how I got it, but it was a, a woman that was 
lecturing a group, and I don't know where it was, but she was lecturing, and, and she was saying, we need to accept pedophilia. She said, it is a sexual orientation. We need to love the pedophile because they're like the rest of us. Come on. And it is natural. Some years ago, probably about five years ago, I was in a conference and, and, and a man who wasn't a preacher, he stood up, he was a lawyer, and he said, let me tell you what's getting ready to happen in America. He said, the debate now is over same-sex marriage, but that's not where the devil is taking it. The devil's going to take it further. The devil's going to take it to same-sex, then he's going to take it to pedophilia, he's going to take it to incest, and call it a sexual orientation. It's coming. That's what he told a group of preachers. That was about five years ago. When I saw this post this week, I thought, my goodness, he was a prophet. He said it was going to happen, and here they are trying to champion the cause. Now, I'm not, my sermon is not about that, but my sermon is simply about this, that we are living in the last days where there is much deception going on, and people are using what God is as a weapon against us. Now let me explain. Y'all listen carefully. God is love. Say it again. God is love. How many of you believe God is love? Yeah. So the devil in his scheme has now tried to handcuff Christians through love. We've got to love everybody, and we are supposed to. I have no problem with that. I love the sinner. Look, I, I've, I've ministered to, I couldn't tell you how many murderers, how many wife beaters, how, how many thieves, uh, the list can go on, how many homosexuals and lesbians that I have ministered to. When they come to me, I don't say, get away from me, you're disgusting. I don't do that. I love them as a person, but I hate their sin. So the devil is trying to handcuff us. We are bigots. We're intolerant. We're, we're mean-spirited. We're, we're anything but a Christian if we have a standard. It's a last day sign. The devil is trying to handcuff us through the word love. I just want to tell you right now, I loved my daughter enough not to let her play in the medicine cabinet. I loved my daughter enough not to let her run out in a busy road. Y'all help me here. I loved my daughter enough to turn the channel if there was something on television that was inappropriate. I loved my daughter enough 
to put her in time out if she said something or did something that didn't line up with the Word of God. Yet still today, if we tell people that they are doing wrong, we are the villain. Preacher, who got your dander all stirred up? The devil got me stirred up because he's destroying good people and he's handcuffing good men and good women. Stand up for what is right. If you love your children, you'll tell them thou shalt not steal. If you love your family, you'll tell them thou shalt not commit adultery. If you love your family, you'll tell them you'll not covet. If you love your children, you will tell them what is right and what is wrong because Jesus is coming. We don't have much longer to work. We must warn the world and it's not going to be popular to warn the world. My mother doesn't know this story. I'm probably going to get a spanking after church. <laughs> One time I, I, I went into, my mom and dad had their master bedroom and, and a, a little bathroom off to the side. And, and I walked back there and I found Drano. I didn't know about Drano. But I decided to be the mad scientist and I was going to find out what Drano did. I got something to put water in. I put, I, I think it was a foam cup. I put water in it. I put shaving cream or shaving lotion in it. Finally, the main ingredient. <laughs> I took Drano and put Drano in it. It was granular Drano. It started smoking. It started eating the cup. I grabbed hold of the cup and it went up. And now I've got Drano and all kind of junk all over the floor. It's burning my hands. I start trying to wash Drano off of me. And, and I knew something. I knew that the mad scientist, Al Sims, better get Drano and, and shaving lotion and all of that off of the floor and cleaned up before the mad scientist's mother got home. Why? Because I knew my mother would talk to me. My mother would talk to me. Do you understand? My mother would love me enough to talk to me. That boy, if you ever play with Drano again, I'm gonna wear your tail out. She probably would have worn my tail out and told me not to do it again. You know why I love my mother today? Because my mother loved me enough to tell me when I was wrong. My mother loved me enough to tell me when I wasn't doing right. My mother loved me enough to protect me. Somebody today needs to grow up and be a man, be a woman and say, Jesus is coming soon. And what we do, we must warn the world. I'm ending with this. Amazing, 1208, I'm ending. 
Hear me. Please listen to me carefully on this. There's many, how many of you, you've been in church all your life? Raise your hand, all your life. Okay. There was many of you who couldn't raise your hand. And I don't want to embarrass you by going further and say how many of you were only in church for a little while. But there, there, are, there are folks, that they, they didn't hear the stories of Christ. They didn't hear the Ten Commandments. And they didn't hear some of the things that we heard from children up. But even the ones that didn't raise their hand that you've been in church all your life, even you still are saying, I'm in church. But there's a world out there, and they're walking around blind. I don't think that some of the people who are sinning are necessarily wicked and evil people. I think what it is is they just don't know. And so they'll believe anything in hopes to find the truth. Let me just try it. Let me just see. It might be the thing that will bring me happiness. Maybe if I follow this, maybe if I run after that, I'll find joy. And we as Christians, we have found a way to sit down and be comfortable and say, I'm going to be praying for you. I just want to tell you, that's not good enough anymore. I want you to pray, but we're going to have to do more. If we really believe that Jesus is coming soon, if we really do believe these are the days of Elijah, we're going to have to do more. We're going to have to be a little more bold. We're going to have to have a, a stronger backbone. We're going to have, have a little more voice to what we believe and, and declare, I love you, but you're playing into traffic. I love you, but you're playing with Drano. It's going to burn you. It's going to scar you. I love you, but you're about to hurt yourself. If they call us intolerant, if they call us mean-spirited, so be it. Because one day when we stand before Almighty God, we'll be able to say we did all that we could do. I want you to stand and I want you to hear this story. I've told this story numbers of times. If you've heard it, I'm just going to ask you to be tolerant because I feel very impressed to tell this story. One day I'm going to stand before Almighty God with one thing in particular on my mind. I, it's something that drives me to this minute. A lot of people say, why do you work the way that you work? It's because I don't ever what what happened to me when I was about 14 or 15 years old to ever happen again what was that preacher our church had midweek service on Tuesday night I tell you that to kind of 
set this up on Sunday night. I walked across the street before church started and there was a man there and I, I was witnessing to him. I did all that I knew to do to invite him to church. I didn't talk to him too much about his soul. I talked to him about coming to church. I figured if I could get him in church, maybe he'd get saved. I kept talking with about all that I knew how and he told me, no, I'm not coming tonight. I'm not coming tonight. And so after about 30 minutes, I, I went to walk off and head toward church. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me just as plain, and I'll never forget it, said, go back and talk to him again. And I remember saying, I'm not going back. I, I, I was like, that's embarrassing. I've just spent 30 minutes, and I'm not going back. He made it plain. And the Holy Spirit said, you better go back. And, I, and so I went back. And when I got to him, I, I talked to him again. I said, man, please, won't you come to church with me? And he, he said, I'm not coming tonight. He said, wait a minute. Y'all have service on Tuesday night, right? And I said, yeah. He said, I'll be there Tuesday night. That wasn't what the Lord really wanted me to do. The Lord wouldn't want me to get him to church. The Lord was wanting me to talk to him about salvation. And I turned and walked off. I was satisfied that he told me he's going to be in church. On that Tuesday, I could hardly wait because I was going to see the fruit of my invitation. He was going to come to church. I got to church, and I was looking around, and the pastor came up to me, and he said, Al, did you hear? I said, no, sir. He said, the gentleman that lives right over there, he was underneath the car, and this afternoon, the jack gave way, crushed him to death. They found him dead under the car. I have never forgotten that. I hope that man didn't go to hell. I hope I did something that maybe he breathed the prayer of repentance. But I'm here today to declare to you that we're running out of time. I don't want us to, to have our loved ones die and go to hell. Our loved ones go through the tribulation. Our loved ones go through that horrible time because of our silence. Father God, you gave me this last night. You changed my course of preaching. I've tried to obey you today. Lord God, please. Please, God. Do work like we've never seen before in our lives. Give us a renewed burden and a renewed zeal that no one misses heaven because of our laziness. Please, God. Please let us be instructors to our friends and let us be a light. We don't have to be mean. 
Sometimes we have to use tough love. Please, God. <laughs> Help us, God. I'm not trying to be morbid. But I want you to picture that loved one of yours right now. I want you to get a mental picture of them. The one that you know that by all indications, if they died, they would not go to heaven. Their lifestyle, get a picture of them in your mind. Now I want you to get a picture of them in hell. What a horrible, horrible, horrible picture. But I believe you and I can rescue people. I believe we can rescue people before it's too late. Jesus is soon to return. I don't want anyone to miss it. I'm not going to give a prolonged altar call. But I am going to say right now, if there's anyone that if you, you don't know, if Jesus was to come back right now, you really do not know for sure whether you would go or not. I've already confessed to you that I was raised in a Christian home. But I had not made the proper preparation to know for a fact that I was right with God. If you're not absolutely sure, today is your day. I'm not trying to scare you into anything. I'm trying to intelligently declare to you that there is a time coming where Jesus will return. And we must be ready. There is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to lose. Well, every head is bowed, no one looking around. I'm asking no one to move unless you're moving toward the altar. Preacher, I need Jesus Christ. I'm lost. I want to get things right with God today. I want to have peace in my heart knowing that all things are right. I want you to raise your hand up as high as you can. Raise it up. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Hands, hands are up. Hands are up. Yes, praise be to God. Praise be to God. I want you to come. I want my altar workers. I want you to come right now. Move while the altar workers are moving. Would you come? Preacher, that wasn't the part of the bargain. I just raised my hand. Listen, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you raised your hand, it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is speaking to you. Saints of God, help me pray. There's people standing in the balances right now. There's people right now that have an opportunity to change direction from hell to heaven. Would you come? Would you come right now? Numbers of you raised your hand. Don't be ashamed while people are coming. Make your move. Make your move right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you to look deep in your heart. I want you, to, everyone, to look deep in your heart. If you're not sure, if you've picked up habits, if you've allowed things into your life that you know ought not to be, if you're not where you ought to be with God, would you right now, 
where you stand, say, please, God, forgive me. Look at my heart, God. Search me. And let me be all that you'd have me to be. Would you do that right now? I want them. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.